Thank you for taking time to listen to our service. We're happy you've joined us today. Visit NBCOcala.com to find out more about who we are as a ministry or get information about upcoming events. There you can also discover all the convenient ways to partner with us financially. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the service. And welcome our online campus. What's up, y'all? Good to have you with us. And y'all can have a seat. Well, when my wife and I uh, used to travel without our two-year-old, we would fly Southwest Airlines. Where are my Southwest people at? All right. I love Southwest because they have open seating. Or as I like to call it, free-for-all survival of the fittest. You know what I'm saying? They just put, if you don't know, uh, Southwest doesn't have assigned seating. You just kind of line up and you stretch and size up people. And you're like, all right, baby, let's go. Let's go. So uh, we would get on the plane, and you just kind of try and find the best seat you can. And so I'm not proud of what we did, but this is what we used to do. Okay, so judge me if you want. I don't even care. <laughs> it worked. Um, so my wife would sit on the, the window seat, and I would sit on the aisle seat, and we'd pretend we didn't know each other. And we'd both have, like, headphones in and pretend to be asleep as quick as possible. And so when people would be coming down the aisle... All they would see is a middle seat, and so they would pass on by. So that, <laughs> you, some of you know this trick. You know what I'm talking about. So when, when boarding was over, we had that whole road to ourselves. And look, I've never been in first class, but we made our own first class. You know, we kicked back, relaxed, had some fun. It was, it was a good time. And we did that because we wanted to control who was traveling with us. Because we know that the people with us on the trip could make or break whether that trip was good or bad, whether you need a vacation from your vacation. You know what I'm talking about, some people. You're like, you go on a vacation, you're like, I am so tired. I need a vacation from my family and all these people that are with me. I need a vacation from my vacation. And we're in this series called God Will Make a Wet. And it's all about how God will take us from where we are to where he wants us to be. Because on this journey of life, it's not always smooth sailing. The roads aren't always smooth. They're bumpy. You've got potholes and breakdowns and traffic and detours and stress, anxiety, depression, uh, oppression. You've got, you got temptation. You've got threats. You've got fears. You've got guilt. You've got shame. You've got sin. You've got all this stuff going. Life is hard. And so in this series, we're talking about how you and I have the incredible opportunity to choose, to decide for ourselves whether we want to live this life with God or without God. And life is hard enough. I can't do this thing alone. So today in this series, we're talking about how we're going to live it with God, do this journey with God. And one of the most important resources that God gives us as he takes us from where we are to where he wants us to be is other people, is relationships with other people. And here's the truth I want to talk about today. Here's the truth I want you to be talking about on Thursday at your workplace, in your families, wherever you might be, is that your future reflects the friends you select. Woo! When I thought of that in my office this week, I, I got happy all by myself. I was like, ooh, that's good and it rhymes. They're going to like it. They're going to remember it. You're welcome. Your future reflects the friends you select. And here's the thing. You don't even have to be a Christian to believe that. This is not a Christian truth. 
This is a human truth. And by the way, if you're not a Christian, you're not a church person, you're not down with Jesus, I'm just glad that you're here. You don't have to believe what we believe to belong. Keep on showing up. We love you. We're glad that you're here. But this truth isn't just a Christian truth. It's a human truth. Because even secular sociologists, people that study uh, how we interact with one another, they say that we are the average of our five closest relationships. You and I are the average of our five closest relationships in every category of your life, whether you like it or not or know it or not. That's the truth. So out of your five closest relationships, try and think about them right now. You're probably not the smartest of the group, but you're probably not the dunce either. You know, you're probably somewhere in the middle. You're probably not the healthiest of the group. You're probably not eating kale every day. Please don't. But you're probably not at McDonald's every meal either. You're probably not the the holiest and the godliest of the group, but you're probably not the heathen, the pagan, the crazy one of the group either. You're probably somewhere in the middle. Your future reflects the friends you select. So if our future is on the line, we've got to make relationships work. We've got to figure out how to maximize and leverage the fact that we are the average of the five closest people to us. We have to make relationships work. So today, I want to look at the interworkings of how relationships work in terms of the four aspects of my life. There are four aspects of my life, of your life, in terms of relationships with other people. The first one is the arena. The arena. And the arena is the part of my life and of your life that I know and you know. So if I were to meet you for 10 seconds, there would be some things that I know about you. There's some things you know about me, we'd know about each other. And we would kind of think we'd know each other, but we really didn't. Because the truth is, you're just seeing the me that I want you to see. You're just seeing the one, the the person that I'm trying to project to you, whether I'm thinking about it or not. I'm showing you the me I want you to see. And nowhere is this more true than on Facebook and Instagram and social media. Yeah, we, we put out the me I want you to see out there. Take a million selfies, the right angle. Put, put up the first picture of me up there. This is the me that I want you to see. You like that? I think I missed my calling as a model, you know. So I got, I got my poof model face because it sucks everything else in. You know, kind of, you know, got to. I got my fresh haircut. Oh, and by the way, all those books behind me just to show you that I'm smarter than you. I don't read them, but they're there just to show you I'm, I'm smarter than you. So that's the me I want you to see. And this is real life. Check out the real life one. Yeah. <laughs> Triple chin. A, a smile that'll haunt your dream. Take it down. 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 <laughs> the arena. Paul says it like this in his letter to the church in Thessalonica, 1 Thessalonians 2. He says this, We loved you so much that we shared with you not only God's good news, but our lives too. He's saying, hey, I love you guys so much. I want to be in relationship with you so much that I'm not, I'm not just going to give you the church me. Y'all know how to do the church game real good. Amen, brother. Praise God. <laughs> How you doing? I'm too blessed to be stressed. Hallelujah. 
come on, you've been fighting with your wife and your kids all the way to church. <laughs> they're, they're in the back seat fighting each other. You're like, that's it. No more ice cream and no more sunshine for the rest of your life. Oh, the Parker smile. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good to be here. Paul says, I'm not just going to give you the church me. He says, I'm going to share my life with you too. I'm going to give you the real me. Not just the me I want you to see. Not just the arena. Not just the selfie at the perfect angle. With the, Not just that. I'm going to give you the real me. Let's not be content with surface level relationships living in the arena. Number two, the second aspect of our life is this, the mask. And the mask are the things that I know, but you don't know. We all have secrets, but don't tell anybody. <laughs> you have secrets from the people sitting next to you. And ready? I have secrets from you that I'm not going to tell you but I have to tell somebody. If there's something in our lives that only we know about us, it controls us. It enslaves us. It owns us. Because you're only as sick as your secrets. You're only as sick as your secrets. We all have secrets. We can't tell everyone, but you have to tell someone. And please, for the love of God, don't tell everyone. <laughs> don't be those people within five minutes of meeting you. I know your whole life story. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> don't be those people. Proverbs 28 says it like this. People who conceal, who masks their sin will not prosper. They won't get to where God wants to get them. But, everyone say, but. But, say, but, but if they confess our sins and turn from them, they will receive mercy. Amen. And so we need to confess yes to God for forgiveness. But then James 5 tells us, confess your sins to, oh, each other, yeah. Each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. And I know of the hundreds of people here today I know this for a fact, that you are not walking in the healing and the freedom that you want and that God wants for your life. For, and it's caused by one reason. You have never done that. You've never taken off your mask to somebody who loves God and loves you and said, this is what is really going on in my life. And until you do that, you'll never find freedom from what you've been dealing with for years and years and years and years. You never will. You have to take off the mask. One of my favorite things in life right now, I have a two-year-old little girl up at the front there looking at her phone, not even paying attention to me. Hi, okay, great. You don't care. Her name's Ella, and she is adorable. She's a pistol, man. I think God's trying to get me back and teach me about all the things I did wrong in my life. She is bullheaded just like me, and I feel it help. But, so, and she's a tough girl, but we'll get to playing, and she'll get kind of riled up, and she will pull back and slap me right in the face. <laughs> I know. 
I'll take you out and make one that looks just like you, you know. But she just, and then she has this little evil laugh. She'll go, <laughs> I don't know where she got that. And she just runs away from me. And so I got to grab her and put her in timeout for two minutes. And she kicks and screams and sits in timeout. And one of my favorite things in life right now isn't getting slapped in the face, but it's what happens afterwards. She'll come up to me. And she'll come up and she'll look me in the eye and she'll say, sorry. <laughs> and then she'll put her arms around me and give me a hug. And, and every time she gives me a hug, there's a sound effect. She goes, oh. <laughs> and sometimes she'll pat me. It's adorable. One of my favorite things in life is when she just comes, honestly, and she repents. My heart just, oh, it just, and I think that's what God's heart does, man. Just get real. God's attracted to honesty, not perfection. That's why he sent Jesus in the first place. Because you're not perfect, because you can't. God loves honesty. Come on, just take off the mask. He knows anyway. We got to fight through the arena. We got to take off the mask. Number three, the third aspect of our lives is this, the blind spot. This is where it gets fun. The blind spot. The blind spot is, I don't know, but you know. There are some things about you that you don't know about yourself. And there's many things about me that I don't know about me. And here's the thing. We're always the last to know. Everyone else knows your blind spots. <laughs> You're the last to know. And for that reason, honestly, a lot of times we shouldn't even take our own advice about a lot of things because we have blind spots. Jeremiah says it like this. Jeremiah 17, he says, The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. He says, your heart is, my heart is deceitful above all things. That means you don't know you and that you lie to you a lot. You lie to you more than anyone has ever lied to you before. Uh, it's just one more drink. I'll be all right. Oh, yeah, I can go there this weekend. It's not a big deal. Oh, I can respond to this text. I can just flirt a little bit. I know I'm married, but whatever. You lied to you more than anyone lies to you. And he says, and beyond cure, which means you can't fix you either. And I can't fix me. So I don't know me, I can't trust me, and I can't fix me. Well, I might need other people's help then to see the blind spots, to help me out. That's why you and I need people in our lives that we've given the authority to. I know we don't like that word in our culture, but it's important. The authority to, to call out some things in my life. Someone that loves Jesus and loves you. That could change your life forever. It says it like this in Proverbs. Wounds from a friend can be trusted. Wounds from a friend can be trusted. So if you have someone that loves you, loves Jesus, and tells you something about yourself that kind of stings, don't get mad because they're probably right. They're right. Don't respond like, you know what? Well, your breath stinks and your hair's stupid. So whatever, we're even. Ah. Uh. <laughs> you got to have people that can speak to your blind spots, man. That could change everything for you. I really believe it. 
When I get, uh, after I preached the last service, I got off stage and I shot a text to my, all my bosses and said, how did I do? What'd you think? Give me some feedback. Meet me in the office. Coach me up. Tell me how I can get better. Why? Because I have blind spots. I need help to get better. My wife and I are the recent owners of a minivan. And I know what you're thinking. That is really cool. I know. But this thing's awesome. It's got really cool features. It's got seriously like 20 cup holders, something like that. Like 20 cup holders. Oh, amazing. Amazing. But one of my favorite features is the blind spot camera. When I back up, when I throw that baby in reverse to go two miles an hour in my minivan, when I throw that baby in reverse, on the screen, it shows me everything behind me that I couldn't see before. And then when I turn my right blinker on, it shows me a video of the entire right-hand side of the car. Two spots that I couldn't see before. And what I don't do is say, you know, minivan, I've been driving for 15 years just fine without you. Turn that screen off. I don't need that screen. I got this. No, I'm grateful because it's showing me things that I could not see otherwise. It's showing me things that could keep me safe, my wife safe, my family safe. Because I know the stakes are really high because I have precious cargo in the van. Your precious cargo. And there's some things on this journey of life you cannot see. And you have to have other people that can tell you the truth, who love God and love you and have your best interest at heart. We have to address the blind spot. And then number four, we get through the arena, the mask, and the blind spot. All for this last one. This is what I've come for today. Your potential. And potential is really cool. Because potential is the part of my life that I don't know and you don't know. But God knows, and we will never figure it out to, it, it, unless we come together and connect. You will never discover your divine potential alone. You can't. God has wired us to do life together. Every single one of you here were born on purpose, for a purpose. Every one of you. I don't care what a parent has said, a friend said, a teacher, a coach. They were wrong. You're not used goods. God has a plan for your life. You're here for a reason. God loves you, and your best days are yet to come. Yeah. Ephesians 4 says it like this. It's really cool. He, Jesus, makes the whole body, and uh, just so you know, the body is the body of Christ, which is the church, and the church is people. So he makes the whole body, all the people, fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, each of you have a special work, special ability, special talents, it helps the other parts grow. You'll never realize your divine potential alone. You can't. It's not possible. We're in this thing together. We're all a different part of the body. So we got hands, we got arms, we got shoulders, we got feet, we've got a, I'm a mouth, that's what I do. But everybody has a different part to play. And we can never realize your potential as a hand without the arm, without the shoulder, without the torso, without the heart. You'll just be a flopping around thing of flesh on the ground, bleeding everywhere, going, I'm a hand and I'm awesome. I don't need anybody. 
That's not going to help anybody. That's not what God's called you to. We is always better than me. We is always better than me. We need each other. Nothing's impossible if I don't have to do it alone. Nothing is impossible if I don't have to do it alone. I could rebuild the Eiffel Tower in my backyard if I didn't have to do it alone. If I had the architects, the engineers, the construction crew, and the financing, (laughs) I could do it. Nothing's impossible for you if you don't have to do it alone. We have to connect. We have to discover our divine potential, and the only way we can do that is through other people, the gift that God gives us of relationships on this journey. Your future's in the balance because truly your future reflects the friends you select. But here's the thing. In order to discover our divine potential, there's some roadblocks. There's two big roadblocks that keep us away from getting us to where God wants us to go. And odds are you have or will fit in one of these two categories. The first one, the first roadblock is this. The wrong people are present in your life. Don't look at them. (laughs) The wrong people are present. On my honeymoon, six years ago, right? Six years? Hey, all right. Six years ago, on our honeymoon, driving through the mountains of Tennessee, and I found and I saw something crossing the road that I had never seen before in my life. It was a family of skunks. And there was a mama skunk, and but, but they were adorable. It was like 20 little baby skunks, and they were just, it was so cute. And I have an instinct in me. I like to save turtles and little creatures out of the road. I've always done it. I don't know why. So uh, growing up, if there's a turtle in the intersection, I will pull over, stop traffic turtle crossing, and I will help that turtle go across. I always, I, don't clap for me. I don't know. I don't know why. But I always do it. I don't know why. Um, I've been peed on before by a turtle, but I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> but these little skunks were crossing the road, and my first instinct, I got to get out, and I got I to save these things. And so I pull over, and I go to get out of my car, and I'm starting to go that direction. And I have a light bulb moment. This is the worst idea in the history of mankind. And I imagine my wife is back there just, I married an idiot. Can we get an annulment? I'm not even sure what that means, but can we get one? (laughs) And I turned, I turned around before they kind of, you know what I mean? So I turned around, got in the car. But here's the thing. The more you're around a skunk, sooner or later, you're going to stink. Yeah. <laughs> don't blame me. First Corinthians, Paul says this to the church in Corinth. He says, don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Bad company Stinks up good character. And notice it doesn't say that good company influences bad character. It doesn't say that, unfortunately. Because it's so much easier for someone to pull you down than it is for you to pull them up. It is. 
So here's the thing. Maybe you're here today and you do have the wrong people present in your life. You've allowed some people to influence you, to corrupt you, to use the Bible's language. Maybe to draw you back into some old habits, some old temptations. Maybe they encourage you and push you to do things that you are convicted of and you know are not God's best for your life. What do you do? Well, I would say you have to redefine the relationship. You have to lovingly redefine the relationship. And let me say, if there's abuse going on in your life, you need to get out, get help, get separation. But for any other circumstance, you have to redefine the relationship. Don't cut, I'm not saying cut people out of your life. I'm not saying, I'm not saying, say, you know what my pastor said, I can never hang out with you again. (laughs) No, I didn't say that. You just have to have healthy boundaries for yourself. If someone's in your life that's hurting you, that's corrupting you, that's pulling you back, you have to create guardrails, healthy boundaries. So it could look like this. They invite you to go out to a bar on Saturday night, probably not a good idea. And you can say, you know what, I can't do that, but I'm going to the 10 o'clock service in Meadowbrook Church. I'd love for you to come. And then I'm going out with some friends afterwards to lunch. You can still hang out with them, but just do it on your terms. Hey, I can't go there this weekend, but I do have a small group that we have at Panera Bread every Thursday night. I'd love for you to to join me. You can still have a relationship, but just redefine it so that it's healthy for you and on your terms. Love everyone, but don't let everyone get equal access to your heart because you are the average of your five closest relationships. Your future reflects the friends you select. Okay, so maybe some of you are in the second group. You're like, look, Nick, I don't, I don't have the wrong people in my life. I don't really have anybody in my life. And that's not abnormal nowadays. I'm not the doom and gloom social media guy, but social media makes us feel connected, but we're more isolated and lonely than we ever have been before. We are. And I would say, too, if you're watching online and you can't get here, get here. You can't do church. You can't do life alone. If you're able to come, come. You're missing one of the most important parts of your church experience, and that's connecting with other people. You can't do it alone. You can't. So you might be like, look, I I don't have the wrong people. I just don't have anybody. The right people are absent in my life. I was 16 years old, and I was going to uh, a theme park for one of their uh, Halloween horror nights, a bunch of haunted houses. I don't do it anymore, but I was 16, I did, because I went for a girl, and she was good looking. And so I went, and I had my tank top on, trying to show off what's up. I ain't scared. And I, I had my, like, spiky, bleach blonde boy band hair. It was looking good. And so she was like, hey, you like haunted houses? I'm like, sure, I love haunted houses. I don't like haunted houses. <laughs> I don't like them. And I said, we, I said, girl, you just stay behind me. I'll protect you. I said, because I didn't want her to see my front. <laughs> I got you, girl. Okay. So <laughs> this is a true story, and I still don't even know how it happened. But we're going through the haunted house, and I got you. And we're going, we're going, doing our thing. And we get about halfway through. And I guess there was a fork. There was two different directions you could go. I still don't even remember how it happened. 
I found myself all alone because I guess my group went one way and I went another. And I said, this is my nightmare. <laughs> I found myself all alone in the middle of a haunted house. Oh, God. And so there was a long hallway, pitch black. But I could kind of make out people in the hallway that were also in pitch black costumes. Oh, God. <laughs> so I said, Nick, you're not going out like this. Come on, bro. I the tiger, I the tiger, Adrian! And I, I kid you not, I'm like, and I get out of that thing, and I, and I get back with my, with my group and, and the girl I'm trying to impress, just trying to be cool about it. She's like, how was it? I said, it wasn't that scary. It was all right. <laughs> Ecclesiastes 4, 9, 10 says this. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, they can reach out and help. But here's the thing. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. If you're here today and you're alone, we got you. We got you. What do you have to do? You have to pursue the right people. Pursue the right people. And we try to make that super simple around here. We have an entire department of our church dedicated to helping you pursue the right people, to get past the arena, to take off the mask, to address your blind spots, and to discover your divine potential that you've always wanted to see in your life. We have an entire department of our church dedicated to helping you connect with people. It's our small groups our small groups. And I know it's awkward because we have a big church and God's doing great things. It's awkward to go to someone's house that you don't know or go to Panera Bread and you're not sure what's going to happen. But I remember being a 19-year-old, lost, broken, addicted, depressed, purposeless kid. And I got, I accepted Christ in a church much like this. Life-giving, fun, a church like I'd never been in before. But it wasn't until I got in a small group and took the awkward step to go to somebody's house. It was a workout small group. So all we did was we'd flip tires and eat red meat, and then we'd talk about Jesus at the end. It was, it was awesome. I was like, I can do that. But I'm not here today because of a service. Through that small group, I had, I had guys that loved me when I didn't love myself. I had people that would pray for me when I didn't know how to pray or what to do. I had people that were a little farther along that could call out potential in me and give wisdom to me when I didn't know what to do. I am the result today, not of a service, but from relationships. I'm here because of people. Much like you sitting in these aisles, people changed my life. Jesus, yes, saved me, but those people helped me to walk in everything that he had for my life. You have to, you must, if you want to get from where you are to where God wants you to be, you must get past the arena and the fake church self. You've got to take off the mask and find people you can tell the truth to, to find freedom. 
You've, you've got to give someone the authority to speak to your blind spots and help you get better so that you can discover and live in the divine potential that God has for your life. And you can't do it alone because your future reflects the friends you select. Did y'all get anything out of this today? Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.